0: It's Friday, so it's time for the weekly wrap. With me this week is Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers in the Western Cape. And this podcast is proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. On the agenda for the next 20 minutes, Arnu, results, Ramaphosa, the rand, and a rant. And the rant is against Donald Trump. I haven't had one for a long time. I had one this morning on the opening with Greg Davies, and I'm going to have another one with you. But let's start with results. There's been some smatterings of good ones, but mainly underwhelming some just downright awful like famous brands for example any that stood out for you we're, we're still in results season but mostly behind us now
1: yeah this week has has, has been fairly quiet um i mean it's uh, compared to last week so it's, it's not that busy um and i think it's more the macro stuff the economic stuff has almost uh become more important this week than than or political and, and economic stuff is more important this week than actually results um but telecom came out with um very good results i think the market also um liked the results um and 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 i think the theme around the results apart now going into the actual numbers which were good is that um i think people are saying that this is a this is this is a proven example of what can happen if you take a state owned enterprise and turn it private but, um, you know, the, the counter argument to that argument would be, but, yeah, look how long it's taken Telcom to, to get where it is currently. And it's actually still got a, virtually got, got a monopoly on, on the fixed lines. So it's not entirely true to say that, yeah, it, it, it has worked. It has taken a very long time to get Telcom where it is currently. Um, so, but it is a good example of what can be done. With, with a state-owned enterprise if, if you were to privatize it. Uh, what was interesting out of the results, just uh, as I said, I don't want to delve too much into the numbers, as, is that they are actually now looking for, for a partner for their tower property part of the business. Um, yeah. And they want to expand that part of the business so as to not be so reliant on the fixed line business, which I think is a great, great thing they're doing. And it really shows you that they've got uh, very good management at the top um trying to diversify the business and move away from it what is probably a dying market into the newer technology type of market so so that's one that that stood out for me um then uh, mr price came out this morning or today um and i mean it's it's not great but in a very very difficult and they also admitted that the the market currently retail market is, is Consumer retail market is very difficult. For-
0: Sorry to interrupt you. The share price is up 7% as we pre-record this interview at uh, half past 11 South African time. And I think the market went into it short because it was down over 2% yesterday. Yes. So that has sort of exacerbated the move to the upside. But they were good, solid numbers. They were better than expected and they, they're gaining market share. And I think they've got their buying and other issues Right, because remember two years ago when they were ordering the wrong stuff they for the were wrong really season, they were, in, they were in terrible trouble. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. the market relieved about this, but also, as I say, expecting something much worse.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if you go back two years ago, it was almost a, what we have in Woolworths now. Woolworths trying to turn it around also. They didn't have the offshore problem that Woolworths has got. Um, but but yeah, the numbers is, is, is not great, but given the their environment, they are, I mean, it's solid numbers. And um, they also said that the first half of this year, 2019, would still be problematic and a struggle. Um, And then their focus is much more on market share, getting market share than actual um, sales growth, because it's very hard to have sales growth if there's no retail growth. Um, And then then they are putting their their hopes on the second half of 2019, giving the new cabinet and stuff they are hoping that that would turn things around. Uh, for
0: them just quickly on famous brands famous brands is as i said in a previous podcast earlier this week i said if in five years time you're talking to a new chap or um, an intern or something coming into your business you're going to say this is what happened five six seven years ago to the south african corporate it did well locally it got ahead of itself locally then when it's when it had bought everything and couldn't expand locally it went overseas and thought it could teach them a lesson and then the economies of both jurisdictions both geographies Stuffed them up as well as their business model and everything yeah, went wrong yeah, having yeah. always gone right so they've gone from right to wrong and it was continued with these it, results
1: yeah it's just it's fascinating i don't know how this of african corporates get it wrong so often when going offshore i mean they're not the only example there, there's a lot of it and and it's yes. not the first cycle we've seen of this we've seen it before uh, 2000, 2000, or towards 2003, they, we had the exact same thing happening and the exact same consequences. Very few of them get get it right. Why? And, and I, 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 the only thing one can assume is, is is that you do it because there's no growth locally. So you, you're almost forced to to keep shareholders happy. You have to produce some kind of growth. And therefore, the likes of famous brands and Woolworths, and you can name them, uh, try and, and do this offshore um you know going offshore but it's a new market, it's a different market, it's not South Africa, it's completely different. And then on top of it, they tend to overpay for the stuff they go and buy.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, and, and that's exactly what we've seen with famous brands and bulls. So yeah, look I don't know what they're gonna do. Um they're really struggling in that UK market. Um yeah, but it is problematic. And like you said, they've taken something which was clearly working locally and um then went but to expand offshore and that didn't work. Clearly, didn't work. They've got some then brilliant brands. You, and you, you've got on on accounts to that, yeah. um, you, you've got Old um, Mutual, which is actually now rid of all the offshore stuff, and it, it's actually looking much better. Yes, they've lost their CEO due to conflict, whatever that might mean. Uh, we would probably learn later what exactly that 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 is. Um, but apart from the CEO issue, I mean, Old Mutual looks far leaner and, and far meaner. After the unbanding, than, than what it did before.
0: Yes, another so company. Sorry, another company beginning with an O is not looking lean at all. It's looking desperate, and that's Omnia. But we don't need to go into that. Rights it's issue right. of two to the tune of two billion randsworth, and uh, a market cap of 3.2 billion. I think it is as of the close yeah, yesterday yeah. after a 12% fall. But let's not talk about that. Let's move on now. Okay, that's our, our brief look at the results. The results season almost over, but yeah, it hasn't really infused anybody. Ramaphosa mm-hmm. now. So from results to Ramaphosa, Opposer the the cabinet. That was, as I said to Nazmira Muller from Investec Asset Management yesterday, wishy washy to me. Neither here nor there.
1: Yeah, look, I've, I think it's 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 uh, what the market liked, and and it was just a coincidence of different uh, uh, events. So we had the MECI downrating, the South African exposure, and then you had the. You know, people were waiting on Wednesday for the cabinet to be announced and it was delayed. So I think just a couple of things that that was tying in. And the, the deputy president, um, there's some questions around the appointment. Um, but one can understand why, you know, he, he had to do it. I think it's more a party issue than a, than a, than a, a parliament issue. Um, not think it is definitely. Um, but But yes, I think all in all, it's got to do with the uncertainty more so than who's the you know the people he's appointed. I mean there's some some very interesting people um, that's appointed to ministers but also deputy ministers um, and it's it's a lot of younger blood um, hopefully that can change things going forward. Um, but then there's also a lot of the old stuff. Uh, so there's a lot of people that we've seen before that has just moved around. So the, the proof is in the pudding. At least we now have a cabinet, which I think is better than what the UK can say currently. So yeah. no, that's a little stab at the UK. But,
0: Go but, for uh, it. So, so, stab
1: so, away. You, you know, it's a... Uh, a, a and it's 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 yes, people were complaining, and it was all over the media, and and saying, "Yeah, it's been delayed and whatever." But at least we've now got a cabinet; we've got people appointed. And I mean, there's a lot of places in the world we we don't have that currently. And the world is just—I mean, we we're getting to Trump later on, but the world is just geopolitically there's big issues, uh, there's big currents at play, and there's definitely alliances being formed and. And then you've got these within countries you've got these political problems as well, and the UK is probably the best example currently of that, which is just it seems as though it's a complete mess. Um, and then the voters in the UK is, is far more proactive and and uh, you could probably say more aggressive, in, and 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 it, it seems as though the, the the Conservatives has really got a problem in the UK. Um, yeah, so it's interesting to 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 look at that, and to see how that pans out. Um, I mean I don't know who. Uh, who's your pick for prime minister. It seems that every
0: day can't be Boris Johnson. There's now 12 candidates, but it can't be Boris Johnson because Boris Johnson misled the UK public, the gullible person who didn't know much about Brexit and just thought, well, you know, I've got a a union Jack tattoo on my arm. So therefore I'm going to go for Brexit because, uh, because I I don't want those uh, Johnny foreigners to be part of my life anymore. That's where a lot of people have voted, why they voted. There's also a lot of other issues and I'm being very frivolous and, um, sarcastic, but uh, Boris Johnson said that the UK was paying £350 million a week to be in yes, the EU, which was a blatant, blatant lie. And if it wasn't a lie, uh, as I said in a tweet, you, if it wasn't a lie, then he doesn't understand the EU and he doesn't understand economics. On both counts, number one and number two, he should never be allowed to be Prime Minister. He's a buffoon.
1: Yeah, I think he, he, he called it a political stunt. That, that was is the way he defined that that um, public announcement on, on the big red bus. He said it's a political stunt. It's a lie, basically. That's exactly. what it, is. it doesn't matter what you call it. Yeah, but look, so so, so clearly they have to, and you would know better than, 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 than myself, they have to appoint a prime minister, otherwise we're going into election. And election, there's a survey out today, if we do go there, um, they might have a problem once they go to election. So they definitely don't want to go that route. Um, so, yes, but, yeah, Let's go back to Trump and I suppose we... Can okay, yeah, we've gone from, from results left. to Ramaposa.
0: No, let's, let's, let's stay with Ramaposa because that's linked to the RAND. Mm-hmm. RAND got to 14, uh, within a whisker of 14.90, having come from 14.40. Yep. A lot of people saying it was due to David Mabuza and uh, that may have been five cents, but I think the rest was a strong US dollar and also risk off overseas. That's my view. Yep.
1: Emerging markets. The risk of and a very strong US dollar, actually, surprisingly so, given what's going on. And then also we had this MSCI re-weighting and that's according to the articles I've read where they're talking about a 13.3 billion RAND outflow on equities yes. on the specific day. Yeah. So I think all of it, like I said, I think it's a lot of things working together, working together against the RAND. But we have seen the ranch uh, going back to 1460 today. It's a bit weaker again. Um, yeah, so look, we're in this band, and, and we, it, it seems as though we are just going sideways in this band until this this uncertainty settles. And I think the the biggest part of this uncertainty is still the trade issues by far. Um, and then that feeds into emerging markets versus developed markets, and that's probably more what's happening with currency than Um, local stuff. Uh, Yes, it's important to have a cabinet, obviously it is. But um, I mean uh, it's not the the B end, you know, it's not the end of it. If there's no cabinet, for example, at least there's a president in in place. So the currency, definitely it is not local stuff that's driving the the currency currently. It's, It's far bigger than South Africa. It's, it's global issues that's, that's driving currencies around the world. Um, yeah, so what is funny, and, and this is something that, that people can maybe check, um, just keep a watch of, is that our currency has actually moved with the euro and the pound and not so much with with the Brazilian uh, real or, or the Turkish lira. Mm. Um, now, remember, those two come from a very low base, admittedly. But um, this last sell-off we've seen, we were much more uh, linked to the euro, uh, to the euro and, and the pound. Um, it might, you know, I, I always said could only be practicalities as well we're in the same time zone. So, if you want to sell emerging markets and you're sitting in Europe versus the dollar, you probably sell the at, at very liquid and it's in your time in the, in the same time zone. You, need, you don't have to wait till after five and uh, you know delay your pound at the pub you can actually sell the South African market on the same time you're selling your own pound exposure versus the dollar so I think it's it's practicalities also but yeah so don't read too much don't try and make too much of it a local issue I think it's far more global than local currently
0: Turkish economy, as you mentioned, the Turkish lira has um, shrunk by two point six percent in the first, first quarter, and the recession mm-hmm. continues there. Let's hope we don't follow their lead. In, with our first quarter mm-hmm. GDP numbers, which are coming out quite soon, uh, Arne. Okay, yeah, I we, think we've, spoke we, to yeah, gone.
1: you spoke to 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 Russell Lamberti uh, yesterday there before. Yeah, yes, um, because I bumped into him in Newlands, and uh, we had a we had a discussion. We actually, yeah, we we, I know him quite well, and then he also does some work for us and clever um, we had a very clever and we had a very big debate on wednesday actually, on 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 inflation and gdp numbers and then the reserve bank what happens going forward um yeah so inflation i mean i, I think we're sort of on, on the same page whereas it seems as though inflation might print lower for longer um, there's very little uh pricing power in the economy given the the very very the economy we've got. Um, so, so, you know, again, you, one should be careful just saying because the rand is now weakened, the rand is sold off to 1480, uh, therefore there should be inflation. It's not necessarily the case because we've got a very, very weak oil price as well compared to where we come from, and there's a very high base towards the end of 2018. So it is likely that we can actually see a lower inflation number for the next couple of months. Um, and, and I think that that puts some pressure on the Reserve Bank. And they've had this talk of protecting the currency. And yes, they now, instead of having this ban between 3 and 6% in for inflation, they're now looking at 4.5%. But what happens if inflation prints below 4.5% for a couple of months and you've got no economic growth? Remember, they've still got a dual mandate. Mm. So, um, you know, they could be forced to act. Uh, meaning they could be forced to cut if it happens. So it would be interesting. Enough. I think it's, it's another thing worth worth you know, watching is the rhetoric, the, the noises coming out of, of the Reserve Bank because, yes, you would have to protect the currency, and, and we all understand that, but at some stage you have to also look at your mandate. You've got a dual mandate, mm. and also you've got political pressure because there's lots of people who, want, who are thinking of of taking the, the central bank into parliament Instead of having an independent central bank and that 's actually a common theme, and that 's also something I discovered with Russell, but that 's now a very big picture type of
0: far too big a picture for this chat because we 've got uh, three or four minutes <laughs> left now and we 've got to talk about um, the screen that i 'm looking at it 's called the s p 500 futures it 's on its lows as we speak down one and a quarter percent. Mm-hmm. 34 points down was 15 points down yeah. at 6 o'clock this morning and normally it fiddles around and then rallies in the afternoon as the u.s Comes in but it's not it's getting worse and worse and worse and the five percent tariff on all mexican goods to be introduced or threatened to be Introduced yeah. by mr. Trump on june the 10th is a big big deal And it's an even bigger deal when you consider that in early july He's going to add another five percent and then yeah. every month that they don't solve what he sees to be their problem or his problem uh, Perpetrated by their inactivity. Activity it is going to be another 5% up to 25%. It's a very, mm. very big deal because it throws the new NAFTA deal so-called. I don't know what they call it, but uh, there's some yeah. name for it, yeah. some acronym. But anyway, it throws it into question, and this is a really big market-moving deal.
1: Yeah, look, uh, I mean, it, it's clear uh, they withdrew from, from most of the trade agreements, um, and they the intention was for, for, for the states to now have or to, to negotiate new trade agreements, but not multi-party, you, you know. It's, it's, they want to have a agreement with a country instead of having an agreement between different countries. Look, at the, in, the, in this trade war, I think it's very clear. There, there's, there's only losers. Um, I think the U.S. is definitely facing some, some inflation pressure. Uh, the, the likes of Costco has already said they they would have to increase prices given the tariffs. Um, so so the end the end loser might actually be the voter, because they will have to pay more for for the goods at the store. But also in China, we are seeing that they are really some of the industries are really suffering um, from from the tariffs. So there, there's there's losers in both camps, um, and the same would happen with with the new tariffs proposed for uh, against Mexican uh, imports. But yeah, I, 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 it's very hard to say where, where it will stop. It, um, I mean, uh, that's uh, this rare earth thing that China is now trying to to put up, as, you know, as their large sort of trump card, well, that's
0: a, that's a pun. That's I suppose a pun, yes. you didn't even lot. know you were doing that, did you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. But no, seriously, um, the rare yeah. the rare earth thing is is symptomatic of the frustration I think of President Xi and his exactly. team with Mr. Trump. I think they're getting to the point where, as we said off earlier on. They're getting really fed up with this now and they're just going to say, right, that's enough yeah. now. Get on with it. And the rare yeah, earth the, the, metals are so, so important for the cell phone industry.
1: They are important. That it, that it, it, It's just not one one should be careful not to, you know, to, to think like 1973 when we had the world crisis and the Arabs the Arab countries said, no, we're not going to export oils. And therefore, that, that's where the whole world crisis started. Um this is this is not exactly the same china's got 37% of of rare, of uh, you know materials but they produce 80% and that's probably due to to their 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 historic environmental uh, you know they, they were very lax on environmental affairs and it was very easy to to produce and extract those because it is difficult to extract those within an environmentally friendly uh, type of scenario so I think that helped China, and that's why they are. That, that's why they produce 80% of, of the world's um, uh, production. But it's not. Although it's called rare, it's not rare. It's the extraction of the, thereof that is the problem. Okay. Now they, they 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 did make use of this in 2010 versus Japan, um, when J- Japan sort of uh, took over a, a ship and uh, you know as part of that those little islands they fighting forever. Um, whose whose islands they are, and and they are strategically placed, so they are important. And um, then at that stage, China cut off rare earth um, exports to to Japan, and Japan in return basically released the captain of the boat. So uh, the rare earth materials is definitely important, but I don't think one should overplay it. And it depends on on how, how important the state's, see it. If, if, if it's very important, then we might have an end of, of the trade wars. If Mr. Trump and I think this might be the the one that's going to happen. If he calls their bluff, then I think this trend is just going to go on
0: and on. Yes, and, and no, no, the, the Mexican thing stuff. is the one that's occupying us today. But the China thing rumbles on. And I don't think you should mess, mm-hmm. with, mess with China. And I don't think China should mm-hmm. mess with Trump either. So there's going to be an impasse, I think. We're going to have to leave it there, Arne. But thank you very much for your analysis. That was the weekly wrap. Arne Smith is from Sky Blue Fund Managers in the Western Cape. We'll be back same time next week. And that podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.